Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm lead advisor and senior analyst with Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today is Paul Fischer. He is senior analyst with Kupinger Call as well. Hi, Paul. Hi, Matthias. Good to be back. Great to have you again. And this is again for a very good reason. You've just completed a leadership compass, so a document comparing different vendors and products and services around the topic of data governance platforms. Um, Actually, just to correct you slightly, Matthias, it's a market compass, not a leadership compass. But, uh, that's a good so, point. So, so, so that maybe we start with the com comparison of both. What is the difference? Well, yeah, we should maybe tell people what the difference is. Um, well, the leadership compass is a much longer, more comprehensive report uh, where we, we, we take uh, a market sector or a, a product sector and we rate sometimes up to 20 vendors in that sector. Um, but the real difference between the leadership compass and the market compass is the leadership compass is also has a lot of scientific ratings applied so that we then get our um, leadership ratings and followers and challenges um, in the ratings charts. Whereas the market compass is, um, well, I wouldn't say it's, it's subjective as so much, but um, we, we look at the market, the trends in the market, and then we look at each individual vendor and give them um, a write-up uh, on their technology. And then we give them strengths and weaknesses, but also um, a spider chart on how well they address some capabilities. So, I mean, that's also in the leadership compass, but the real difference between the leadership compass and the market compass are the, the big ratings that we do um, in the leadership compass. So if you're even more confused than you were before about the difference, then maybe just have a look on our website uh, at some of the leadership compasses and market compasses and you'll, you'll see the difference. But data governance is definitely a market compass. Right, so it's more for the for the quicker reader who wants to get a comprehensive overview over the market without drilling too much deep into the individual strengths and weaknesses of each product based on these comprehensive ratings, as you said. So it's also to learn something from that. Yeah, and we also, with the Leadership Compass, we'll send the vendors a very long questionnaire, which forms the basis of our data analysis. So that, that's how we base the scorings on, for example, their financial strength. Um, and their innovation or uh, market leadership and all those things. But yeah, the market compass is kind of like, I guess, a, a quick a quick guide to the market. So if you're in the market for a data governance platforms, then we, you know, you'd get a good overview of what's available, which, well, we hope you, we hope that the people do. Yeah. So. Right. That's the point. So if we go back to the actual market segment that we're looking at and where people can learn from, from the, from the market compass that you've written, what is this market segment? What do I, should I think of when I think of data governance platforms? What are they useful for? Yeah. Well, um, data governance sounds very scientific and, uh, technical. Um, but actually it's really, uh, about keeping control of data. Um, we, we have two types of data um, in, in most organizations, structured and unstructured. So structured data is kind of what you would find in um, a traditional database or even in things like uh, uh, Excel files. 
Um, so the data is organized and it, it is attributed um, and it's easy to find um, where it is and what it is in the data that you want. The, the growth of unstructured data has really happened in the last, well, probably since the internet uh, um, sort of occurred. Um, and uh, unstructured data is data that sits in Word files. It might sit in email. It might sit in uh, messaging chat. Um, and it's basically any kind of data that just floats around the organization and quite often those organizations um, are not aware of, of this data. They're certainly not aware where it is and they're not really aware of what it could do for the business. So that's, that's the difference between structured and unstructured data. So a data governance platform um, basically is there to make sense of all this um, because to do this kind of thing manually, if you were to try and find all the unstructured data across your organization, that would probably be impossible and, and would take for ages. So a data governance platform can find, well, some of them will work with both types of data, unstructured and, and, and structured. Um, um, but the ones, some will work purely with unstructured data and then they can discover where the data sits um, across your enterprise. And don't forget also these days, um, your enterprise is not just the traditional um, infrastructure that we, we would you know, consider to be the sort of the, uh, the um, organization's HQ. Um, your enterprise now extends right out to people on endpoints. It extends to your vendors, uh, increasingly extends to customers. So, um, all of those people are creating data on a daily basis. And one of the things that we discovered when we were doing the data governance um, market compass was it's not, there's two, two sort of main drivers for data governance. One, one is in the, in the clue is in the word governance. Um, the danger is that some of this unstructured data will contain confidential information, or it might contain personal identifiable information. So you might have people's addresses, you might have their date of birth, um, you might even have um, government uh, numbers such as their hospital number or social security number. Um, and that might be sitting, uh, someone may have pasted that doc, uh, information from uh, a structured file pasted it into a Word document or even into an email and then sent it to someone else. So suddenly that data is at risk. So because of things like GDPR and all the other um, privacy legislations, which are now popping up all over the world, um, plus the security legislation that always exists, um, there's a, if, if this unstructured data is lost, um, then the company would be liable probably to fines and loss of reputation and all the stuff that goes with that. So that's one one side of it. That's kind of like the, the negative positive. Um, but the positive positive is that data governance is, 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 could also add value. So the better the data governance platform is, the more likely it can find information and data, but then use analytics to um, 
add value to that data. So you might find, for example, you have, I don't know, like a cluster of emails from angry customers in, let's say, Stuttgart, just, just for example, um, which you wouldn't know that there is a problem in Stuttgart if you hadn't collated all that information. So these people might be sending emails, they might be sending angry statements on your social media channels as well. Um, so by collecting that data, you can you can then analyze it and think, oh, well, there is a problem here. Why have all these people in Stuttgart decided to complain about our services? And then you can take it from there. So that's just a, a one example. So, um, but it also would then help, the positive of that side would be if it was a a product fault or or a service fault, then you can do something about it and improve the product. So data governance is about uh, traditional governance, risk and compliance, but it's increasingly about uh, a business value as well. That, that's a very long answer to your question there, wasn't it? So. Absolutely fine, because because it really um, explains the the whole the whole story the the whole journey of what a, such a such a data access or data governance platform can achieve so it's it's discovery it's um, understanding what this data is it's maybe um, tagging it it's rating it it's adding risk to it understanding how it should be dealt with if it's critical if it's regulated uh, or if it's just something that can be ignored and um and finally, then, as you said, use it also for additional uh, purposes for evaluation for analytics. Um, is this a, a I, I understand that many organizations are in the situation that they have to understand which data is flying around the organization and to get a grip on it. Um, how is the market as of now? Is it is it a mature market? Is it the, the usual suspects, say, I don't know, IBM, Oracle, um, or is it a market for, for startups for or, or both? Well, actually, it's I wouldn't say it's a mature market. It may have been, it, can't be, it could be one of those markets that sort of was mature um, until the growth, the explosion in, in unstructured data. So it was fairly mature in structured data because that didn't really, you know, we had databases, Oracle, et cetera, um, that hadn't really changed for sort of 30 years or so. But what's happening, and I discovered, um, is that we do have um, the likes of IBM, Microfocus, SAP, um, Veronis, et cetera, who you might say are the sort of more established players. Um, but recently we've seen a company, for example, like Big ID, who I don't think even existed probably five years ago, but they've come into the market. They've got this incredible valuation. Um, I think something billion the dollar valuation. Um, there's also uh, smaller companies like OneTouch.io, uh, Lepid, Ignite, etc. Um, and I think the reason why and uh, the big ID valuation is so high is because they're adding um, some elements of AI in, into the analytics and the search function. So um, they're adding that extra level of, of um, meaning to, to the data. Um, plus, I just think that um, I think it comes back to the business value thing that uh, businesses are realizing that uh, data is their sort of lifeblood. Um, and within the data that's flowing around 
their business is could possibly be the answer to market problems or innovation or flattening some uh, bottlenecks within the organization itself so you know for example um, a process might generate a lot of internal complaints uh, or and um, you might not know about that normally and so on so it's definitely a area which i think is attracting a lot of interest um, from some of the bigger players as well now uh, i mean some of the bigger it players so the likes of microsoft etc um, are thinking more about data governance um, so yeah it's kind of as i said it, it was mature now it's kind of not as mature because of this change in focus but um it's we also have a number of vendors to watch um you know within with like uh, i would name some names like blue tab uh ever team um oval edge and so on um and even uh a company um not not um normally associated with uh, access governance and that is SailPoint. Uh, SailPoint, are, you know, as you know, is traditionally a identity and access management vendor, um, but they have um, a um, a product within their portfolio called File Access Manager, which is in itself a very, I mean, it's very cut down, but it is a form of um, access governance or data access governance, and um, that is perhaps a sign of, of, of maybe some future developments that access governance will be combined um, with access management as well. So you might be able to see uh, clusters of data access going on within the organization and outside it, and you could see trends before, um, before they happen. Right. And I think of our, and we've mentioned that quite frequently in this series of podcasts. And if I think of our identity fabrics concept, their data governance is one of the, um, identity related systems or services. So this is something where I think this plays very well together what you said. So having um, traditional access management, access governance towards usually um, um, structured data or resources or access to systems um, uh, and extending that towards um, unstructured data, towards SharePoint, I don't know, wherever data is, is, is actually stored. Uh, that makes perfect sense when you want to have a bigger picture of all the types of data that are in your organization. And I think then these players make perfect sense here as well, right? Well, exactly. One of the things that we rated uh, the um, the the various packages were in in our spider. I, I mentioned at the start that we have a spider chart for each vendor, uh, where we rate them on a score um, for how well they 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 meet capabilities. And in this one, we asked we 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 judged them on how well they could find data in office applications, how well in chat and messaging, social media. PII discovery um, report and how good they were at automation and AI report generation. That's something I forgot to mention. Report uh, generation is hugely important. I mean, not only knowing where your data is, but also a report to tell you and then to tell you what you could do with it. Um, and then we also rated them on compliance support and integration with cloud applications. So um, the social media and 
chat and messaging right now, not many of the vendors supported that, but some of the smaller and more innovative ones are certainly supporting that because they realize, um, you know, with this, with the growth of things like teams um, throughout the world, um, that there's, there's data being generated there. And, and if you can't, if your data governance platform can't, can't see that, you, you may well be missing out on that as well. Um, especially as I guess we talk about customer identity, access and management. Um, and that's one way that customers are being allowed into organizations through, through access, through things like teams. So, um, the, the more you, the more you you start looking at this area, the more kind of exciting it becomes because you realize it's sort of at the heart of digital transformation and and the way that we're using data or 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 not using data perhaps is is a better way of of describing it. Right. So these data governance platforms are somehow a kind of answer of how to deal with these new platforms that we're dealing with um, when we're talking about the cloud, talking about um, communication platforms like Office 365 or others, and um, also the communication via uh, social media and via these modern communication platforms like Teams, like Slack, whatever. Um, so they are really extending the reach of traditional governance towards that area. Did I get that right? And they use AI, of course, to use that buzzword at least once. Yeah, they're using, well, they're using AI. I mean, it's machine learning, perhaps more than AI, but it's still um, a way of automating processes and, 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 you know, seeing patterns that you might not see yourself. Um, one thing that um, is important is that um, whilst some of these, you, you could, in theory, um, um, use one of these platforms and get going uh, straight away. Um, but we uh, at Kubinger would recommend that you have a, a data governance blueprint in place or an architecture. So you actually design how you want data governance to work and then get the platform to do that. Um, but as I said, you, you can still use some of these and and deploy them and they would start finding um, the data. But then you need some kind of framework so you know who's responsible for data, what you're going to do with that data when it is discovered, who's in charge of an action plan to perhaps, you know, do the reporting and so on. You, you, you might need a data privacy officer. Uh, you might need someone to, to, you know, manage the whole thing. They could be, they don't have to be a data privacy officer. They could be just data governance officer or, or, or and that would probably differ between different types of organizations. So smaller ones would probably, uh, just have maybe you know one or two people in charge of this large organizations would have huge huge teams in charge of data governance and it also depends on your business um if you're in finance or health uh obviously the stakes are higher about data data breaches and data losses because you're dealing with much more sensitive and important information um so yeah um we um I don't think I mentioned the, the business glossary as well. Um, 
some of these tools can integrate with um, a business glossary, which you know, which would be um, unique to to each business. So you could have your policies and business policies in there, and then you could map data to the business glossary so that uh, this data is uh, affects what we do in uh, auditing. This this data affects what we do in financial controls. This data affects our uh, employees and so on. Um, I mean, a business glossary is another whole area uh, of sort of business science. Um, but if your data governance platform can integrate with that, um, then it makes it even more efficient. Perfect. So um, this this market compass then could be used for those who are interested uh, after hearing this episode of the podcast um, to learn more about the market segment as a whole and the individual product that you considered as relevant for this market compass. But when it comes to integrating that into an existing enterprise infrastructure, be it identity and access management, as we've mentioned, or in an overall um, data science, data management platform and data governance as part of that, that could also be, uh, or that, that can be two um, ways of extending the reach of such a platform and getting to a more comprehensive overall uh, data management that includes governance, but, but goes beyond that. Um, so um, the document, as I understand, is already available. Uh, it's online right now, right? Uh, yeah, it's been online for about a month. Uh, so obviously, if you have a Cookinger call license, you can download it straight away. Uh, if you don't, you can get, I think, a 30-day free trial, um, which gives you access to all our research. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's called... Um, well, it's just called Market Compass Data Governance Platform. So if you search for that, you'll, you'll, you'll find it. Um, yeah, that's that's perfect. Um, and I would highly recommend it, recommend it because I've read it before we actually um, recorded, although I had the, the name or the title, the document type wrong. Uh, nevertheless, it's really a, a great work of research. So thank you, Paul, for doing that and for giving that great insight. And I think you've mentioned that maybe as a final thought, getting to a such a blueprint um, for for integrating that into an overall architecture, that is something that should be aimed at very soon. Once you know the market, once you know what functionality and capabilities are there, um, and that of course is something. Uh, at least one one short commercial um, break here um, to say, okay, this is something that where where we as advisors. Um, can support in getting to a bigger picture that integrates more than just one platform, but getting to the right processes, the right blueprint for achieving that. Any any final ideas from your side? What was striking when creating that? Um, well, no. What was well, the, the thing that struck me most was, was how interesting the whole area was, um, and um, it's not a particularly with companies like Big ID uh, um, that have taken this sort of dry and dusty area of data governance and turned it into something which is actually uh, driven by a very easy to use dashboard and uh, uh, can find insights and it, it you know it, it it's not just as I said right at the beginning it's not just about avoiding fines and GDPR etc it, it, it's actually a business tool that can make your business better and it, it can make it run better and it can you know 
potentially uh, help you to innovate new products. You can you can understand your customers better. You can understand your employees better, um, and of course your your partners. Um, also, it's a way of just simply managing the the. You know, we all create data every single day just by writing emails and, and um, you know, responding to, to, to chat, etc. Um, you know, and then creating Word documents, which we save um, on our laptops or PCs or, you know, to give them the technical term, our, our endpoints. Um, and, you know, it's it's a way of managing that so that we can certainly, you know, sift the wheat from the chaff so we find the nuggets of gold in there and and don't have to worry about the rest but to be existing in a kind of blind state where you know all this is happening and you you know that unstructured data is all around you but you haven't got a clue where it is or what it means so that that was the the most interesting thing for me was like you know this is actually sort of data in action this is you know that cliche data is a, is an oil um you know um quite often people say that but it's not often that you you get to see that this is actually true um and so when we at Kubinger talk about our identity fabrics and basing you know identity around uh, uh, organizations it's also identity and data you know matching the two so identities get access to the right data um that they need and they know where to find it and so on. And the same that those identities um, are creating data that we, we keep, uh, we can act, we, we can manage that and, 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 and organize it better. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to doing hopefully a leadership compass on this. Um, there, there should also be in the pipeline more about creating a blueprint, a data governance blueprint um, it, from, from us as well. Um, not sure if we're doing anything at our big conference in September, but uh, perhaps we are. But I'm, I'm, it's an area that we're, we're, we're definitely going to do more in. Perfect. So that's very, really fascinating to hear that because, um, as you said, we, we, we often talk about technologies, uh, but you really pointed out the, the actual use of it and the, the where it really makes sense within an organization. And that is obviously the case for these data governance platforms. So thank you again, Paul, for being my guest today, for giving that really fascinating insight into these platforms. The document is highly recommended. Um, and I, as you said, there is more to come. So watch the space for, for more in this area. Um, any final words from your side? No, I just, uh, as I say, recommend uh, take, take a read. It's, it's not a huge document. Um, as I said, it's a market compass, so it's, it's a fairly uh, digestible read. Um, and then investigate some of these these vendors, uh, and and like you said, um, we're also on hand to help people if they need advisory uh, on any of this stuff. Just give us a call. Great, thanks again, and looking forward to talking with you about this topic and other topics very soon. Uh, again, thank you again, Paul. Bye bye. Thanks, thanks, Matthias. Bye now. Bye.